This week's episode is sponsored by Jagged Edge Productions and ITN Studios' Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey 2. Only in theaters, March 26th to March 28th. The suspenseful and thrilling sequel to last year's immense hit, Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey, amplifies the gore factor with ten times the number of kills to put fans both new and old at the edge of their seats. After Christopher Robin reveals their existence, Winnie the Pooh, Piglet, Tigger, and Owl land on the endangered species list as hard targets. Unwilling to hide in the shadows, the ultimate scream team embarks on a murderous rampage through the town of Ashdown to get their revenge on Christopher Robin, once and for all. So don't miss out, and mark your calendars to catch the limited engagement of Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey 2, only in theaters March 26th to March 28th. Tickets are available now. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun? Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hey everyone, no calls this week, but we do have some questions via email. The first one is from Robert in what he describes as the glorious suburban utopia of northern New Jersey. And his question is, what are some cool, fun, clever, double or triple features you guys might come up with that have the same type of creatures or title wordplay, directors, actors, etc.? I... I totally have an answer for this. I'm just not going to answer right away. So, uh, Megan, how about you? Um, I think I'm always kind of thinking in, like, double features, right? I feel like as a horror fan, you're just like, this would pair good with that. Um, So probably way too many to mention. So I will say that some kind of dream triple feature, double feature, uh, The Thing and The Blob, because I just like that you've got the 80s creature feature remake thing happening, but I also like that one's kind of what if Snow was the hero and the other one is also kind of what if Snow was the hero. What if Snow was the hero? So Well, no, it's what if Fire's the hero. Snow's bad. Snow is bad in the sense that, like... But snow is good because snow. But, fr- fr- but snow freeze or snow freezes kept it, too. it frozen for so long. Hmm. So like fire is good, but snow snow is not that evil either. So yeah, that was that was more complicated than I thought it was going to be. Um, and then I always thought it would be really fun to have a triple feature if you're in a theater, like if you're able to do this in a theater because it adds this whole meta thing where it was like demons, popcorn, and the final girls. Yeah. Like, what if you, yeah, you know, like, what if you're um, watching a horror movie about movies that come to life on the big screen while (laughs) you're staring at the big screen? So, yeah. I love that. How about you, Zeno? 
I immediately went to a triple feature type of thing. Maybe even mm-hmm. if you're, you know, feeling snazzy, what would we call quadruple? So like a fourth Quadru- one or something. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, I've been watching a lot of movies uh, with killer senior citizens, and that's always fun. <laughs> So, yeah, you could do Dead Dudes in the House, The Taking of Deborah mm. Logan, throw Pearl in there. And then if you want to do visit. a bonus, The Visit, you know, that could be fun. But, yeah, I just like I like movies with themes. I was just going to ask if you've seen um, Old People on Netflix. Yeah, I uh-uh. just uh, I'm going to be talking about that today. Oh, OK. Ooh. Oh, I yeah. didn't even look. I didn't even look. Spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> I I have been thinking about it this entire time. I got nothing. I would be the worst curator no, of you, all time. You do, what about found footage movies? There, come on. There's one that aligns to like two that align together. What would you pair yeah, with but, Hell House but LLC? I, yeah. Yeah. So I think what happens though is I don't have time to watch like to plan to watch more than one movie at a time. So it's like my brain is literally like if I finish a movie. I just turn on Tubi or Pluto or Peacock or Shutter, and I'm like, "What sounds good?" I, I have, I don't know that I've ever watched movies and thought like this would pair well with that. Like I, you, I know I'm, it's super lame. A couple of weeks ago, um, when I didn't read our notes, you watched what was it Crazy or Evil Tunes? And evil t- you, yeah, yeah, yeah. That oh, but been... that, but that's because Tubi did that. See, but you can do it too. You liked it. You, did you like the way it flowed when you watched it? Well, yeah, it, it was, uh, what was it? It was Hollywood Chainsaw Hookers and Evil Tunes mm-hmm. because it was like the same director. So it was just, this is recommended for you. See, that and I'm cool good. with that. I'm cool watching things that other people tell me to watch if nobody's noticed that at this point. <laughs> but like my mind just, I don't know why. I just don't think of it that way. I'm like, hmm, what would go good with Nightmare on Elm Street? Nightmare on Elm Street Part Two. <laughs> like it's literally just like, oh, a sequel goes good with this. Like I, I got well, nothing. Yeah, some people oh, still like that too. That could be a good time. I'd watch it. So I kind of feel like I would just go the opposite direction of whatever I was watching. Like, like if it's like Paranormal Activity, something with a haunted house, then it would be like Children of the Corn. Like why? Because they're just like the complete opposite things. Mm-hmm. Like, it's almost like I want a reset or something, or I don't want to be scared of the bumps in the night. <laughs> That's okay. So, yeah, I'm super fun to watch movies with, if no one <laughs> can tell. Fortunately, we have a second question, and that is which movies... This is interesting, but we, we discussed this, and we think that there's a positive way of looking at this one. It sounds negative at first. It's not. Hey, all, happy October. My question for you, this is from Megan, is which movie or movies... Do you wish you didn't like as much as you do? Mine is Terrifier, and I hate how excited I am for the second one. I've seen lots of good things about the second one, including people. This is me, this is my commentary. Sorry, I've seen a lot of people like passing out and vomiting, like yeah. in the theaters, supposedly. <laughs> so, whoa. Um, I'll actually start this out, and it should be an obvious answer: Hell House LLC. I actually kind of don't like how much that I'm like, I could watch that right now. Because you know what? I could watch that right now. Don't know why. Can't figure it out for the life of me. There's something just comforting that I'll watch it. And I'm like, there's so many other things I could watch right now. Like, I'm not even paying attention at this point. It's just on. And, I, and I'm okay with that. Like, yeah. it's just. 
it's just the easiest thing for me to put on the background. Like when I was in college, it would be like a Cubs baseball game or something. And now it's Hell House LLC. <laughs> <laughs> uh, how about you, Zena? Um, to be honest with you, I don't have one. I love with my chest. So everything, every movie, <laughs> even if it is ridiculous or cheesy or just like, what? I love it. And I'm, I, I just want the world to know. So I think my, I think, sorry to clarify my point. It's not that I hate any movies. <laughs> if I don't like a movie, I just don't watch it again. It's more that my knee jerk reaction is to go to comfort instead of let me try something new. So it's like if I That's like okay. certain movies less, I would explore more. Mm -hmm. And I think that's more along those lines of I wish I liked some of these movies less or felt less comfortable with them so I'd try more new things without being told what to watch. How about you, Megan? Uh, I'm going to be completely cheeky about this and answer the movies that make me spend the most money. Um, so like <laughs> the Evil Dead franchise, the amount uh, of different DVDs and Blu-rays and and games and video yeah. games and all of that stuff that I have bought because I can't stop acquiring. It's like, hmm, I don't have this particular disc, so this one has a new feature. So, you know, I actually really, really love uh, the whole franchise. So it's a complete tongue-in-cheek answer but man do you really it's like the star wars of of you know physical media <laughs> just the amount yeah. of movies that i've i have two copies of the 2013 one because it's like hey i need the theatrical cut and i need the uncut version they have to be on different discs apparently <laughs> um and then there's like the limited steelbook stuff yeah so you know i don't really hate that i love it but i i hate that my wallet hates it i should oh. say <laughs> Well, speaking of things that are often described in the same realm as Star Wars, welcome to the Bloody Disgusting Podcast, everyone, the podcast where we discuss all the disgusting things we love in the horror world. And to help us discuss the disgusting, you know her as lead movie critic for Bloody Disgusting, horror movie fanatic and journalist Megan Navarro. Hey, Megan. Hello. Two weeks in a row. Woo! Yeah. Woo! And you know her from her YouTube channel and website Real Queen of Horror and her infinite love for the genre is Zena Dixon. Hey, Zena. Howdy ho. And I'm John. If you're listening to this on Wednesday when the episode drops, we hope your week's been filled with all the best kinds of horror. And if not, we're going to do a quick round the table for the movies, books, games, or anything else in horror that are making the three of us smile right now. Maybe there'll be things that'll make you smile too. So I'm going to start out because I watched a lot of stuff that I got to tear through real quick. All yeah. right. Mixing it up. First and foremost, I watched Hellraiser, Deadstream, and Smile all this week. Whoa. You, we you have discussed had a all very of them. busy week. I have, I have, we have discussed all of them, so I'm not going to retread the tire on any of them. Really liked all of them. Megan, I agree. I think it's Hellraiser's best sequel. Deadstream is fantastic, and I want to sign a petition to have Henry Zabrowski play his brother in a sequel, because <laughs> there needs to be a sequel to that. And Smile, I think I actually jumped three times in the theater. Yeah. Like, super simple. I, I would argue even, like, bordering on predictable. But not in a bad way. I'm like, I see where it's going. Still kind of freaked out about what's going on here. Awesome. Yeah, the music cues, the acting, the suspense, just the concept of the smile and, like, what people are doing to themselves. Very yeah. Ring-esque type, like, scenario of curse. Like, it just works. And intermingling that with the concepts of mental health and believability and trust and everything else. Simple concept done right totally works for me awesome and of course i had to watch what i was assigned so let's start out with 
Zena's pick, 2022's Fresh on Hulu. Fresh follows Noah, who meets the alluring Steve at a grocery store, and given her frustration with dating apps, takes a chance and gives him her number. That's actually the synopsis. Mm -hmm. And it stops there on IMDb. (laughs) That told us nothing. But that's good, I think, kind of. Although the trailer gives you a pretty big hint about what it's about. So, Zena, why this one? Because, honestly, to me, it was shocking. I had a lot of fun with it. I love the music. I love the performances. And... It was one of those movies where it went in a direction that I didn't know that it would go into, which mm-hmm. you know what I'm talking about if you've seen oh, it. Yeah. So, and then on top of that, um, the guy Sebastian Stan who plays, uh, we'll just call him Steve. Um, yeah. He honestly, he seemed like a normal person, <laughs> and I would have been <laughs> like, "Yeah, we can go on a date." Oh my god! So yeah. I I l- loved this movie. I was going to say liked, but I think I got to take it a step up. And a lot of it is is how charming Sebastian Stan and Daisy Edgar Jones are together. Yeah. Like, it's kind of, like, Sebastian Stan is obviously charming within the the context of the movie. But Daisy Edgar Jones's, like, frustration and lack of complicity and... Uh, unwillingness to like surrender mm-hmm. like all, all like the concepts in it like i i was kind of fixated watching the movie a lot of times i'm working especially in, like during october kind of like half paying attention mm-hmm. i was just like no nah, i just i'm just gonna keep watching like what's going on it was amazingly well shot super charming and like just magnetic like uh yeah it's for for I don't really want to give it away. I think the trailer gives away the conceit of the movie. I don't want to give it away for anyone who wants to go in blind. Yeah. But normally the subject matter of this isn't my favorite necessarily, but it's, and it's not necessarily done in a super creative way. I think a lot of it just hinges on their performances. Like I want to watch these two characters. Mm -hmm. Like they, there's another perfect example of someone can be unlikable and I can still want to watch them. Right, right. And speaking of unlikable characters that I had to watch, 2022 Sissy on Shudder, which was assigned <laughs> by Megan. Teen best friend Cecilia and Emma, after a decade, run into each other. Cecilia is invited on Emma's bachelorette weekend, where she gets stuck in a remote cabin with her high school bully with a taste for revenge. All right, Megan, why this one? I, I'm just, you're kind of my barometer for for (laughs) characters that are deemed unlikable because i did not really find her unlikable but i've i've known a few people that are like we didn't like her at all and i don't know i don't get it i i think that you know speaking of double features this kind of reminds me a little bit of tucker and dale Ah, uh, that's I would never have drawn that parallel. I mean, it's I very, hear loose, very loose, very loose. Yeah, like, I hear as far you. As, like, I the hear comedic you. Comedic and the college kids be offing themselves all over my property. I don't <laughs> yeah. know why. You know, the like, theme could be party in the woods. That sounds <laughs> so fun. like in a loose yeah. sense. I see some thematic connective tissue there, but you know, <laughs> triple feature with Evil Dead. Perfect. There We're you good. go. <laughs> uh, I. I really disliked this to start and it won me over by the end because I have a really hard time with this hashtag influencer culture. (laughs) And I liked how 
it was kind of tilted on its head and like had a, a spotlight shown on it. So I, I can see, I can see feeling either way about Cecilia. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I get it on both sides. And I'd be really surprised if, if I heard from someone that they didn't switch allegiances once or twice through the movie where you're on one person's side yeah, and then you switch to the other, like, Oh, okay. I get that. And yeah. then, but then it's like, Okay, I'm gonna switch back. And then it's like, oh no, no, that went too far. And then how it ended, like my wife, my wife showed up uh during the climax of the movie, like walked into my office and she starts watching, she watched to the end, and I end up like describing the whole movie because she's just watching a very brutal scene yeah. happening. She's like, What is going on? And I'm like describing it all, and I'm like, this is more complex than I would have thought thematically that it is not a straight line like I was expecting to watch given the subject matter and the rising tension etc so I really loved watching something one that I never would have watched on my own and I you could ask my wife I said the exact same thing I'm like I never would have watched this because I would have watched the trailer and been like no yeah no and again, I'm very glad that it was recommended to me because it's a really good, uncomfortable movie. Yeah. I don't know that I want to watch it twice, but it's really well, good. Well, guess the what? That... Next week's assignment. Just kidding. I'm not going to. God damn. <laughs> watch it again. No, no, no. You can't triple stamp a double stamp. <laughs> it's like, I really love the performances. Cecilia, and, and I forgot the, the actress's name, is fantastic. Like the range of emotion especially at the end in the climax, like just in her face. Yeah. Like just almost just shifts. Like you're watching like, oh, she really found this character. So I I really, by the end, it won me over. I think it's a really, really, really good movie that I'm not in a rush to watch again because of the, the content. Um, but I'm, it is another one that I'm glad. And Fresh, I wouldn't have necessarily watched either. Even though I'd heard good things about it. And I like Sebastian Stan. But I'm like, eh. But I watched them both. And I'm like, see, this is why I just, I don't curate. I I consume. I don't curate. <laughs> I'm the person who just needs to be told what to watch. So I very much like both of them. So thank you awesome. both. Woo-woo. Megan, what'd you watch? I watched uh, The Midnight Club on netflix Mm -hmm. uh this is i it's mike flanagan and leah fong their um kind of adaptation of christopher pike's the midnight club which is essentially a bunch of kids or teens in hospice care gather around at midnight and trade stories um you know the spooky sort um but in typical mike flanagan style it's a a remix of like literary you know in this case it's all pike so a lot of these stories that they're telling each other are drawing from other christopher pike novels um so i will say that it took me a while to get into this one i was i mean christopher pike was the one that got me into reading as like a young tween i basically went from christopher pike to stephen king so i was super (laughs) stoked to to get into seeing a lot of his stuff brought to life on screen um 
but Christopher Pike is a little bit of a man madman. Like I, this is this is purely like my own head imagery, not canon, not fact. But I just kind of envision Christopher Pike like doing lines of cocaine and writing these crazy ass <laughs> stories. Because if you that's not canon, that's what? not canon. Yeah, like I don't want anybody to get the idea that this is actually happening. But I just kind of that's my new it. favorite pull quote from Megan. <laughs> Put that on a DVD box. <laughs> because like a lot of the stuff that he's writing about, you know is uh pretty kind of ballsy and and crazy um i mean like thematically they're very mature you you know i remember reading one about an abortion um it's kind Mm. of like an abortion horror story and you know identity and sex and drugs and things that it's like if your parents only knew that's what you were reading at the age of 10 they might not be like cool with you reading i don't know so but mike flanagan is not that i feel like mike flanagan is probably uh, I best summed up as sentimental horror, which is not a bad thing. Um, So it was a little bit jarring for me at first to get into a very subdued version of Pike. And then also these are kind of your entry points into Mm -hmm. this world. Like these people are fleshing out who they are through their stories, their fears, their anxieties. So, you know, the first half of it, I'm like, okay, there's some kind of emotional disconnect for me. And then once those layers start coming through and once those emotional payoffs start happening um, especially if you've ever been touched by anybody who might have had a terminal illness at some point Mm because it's not just you know cancer there's AIDS um, from one of them there's a variety of illnesses and yeah like once again by the end of it by the back half he's succeeding at tugging those emotional heartstrings and I'm sobbing multiple times um So, yeah, it was really good. And, you know, I think you have to be more on board with Flanagan than, like, Christopher Pike um, here because it is very much him, um, even though he's only directed two of the ten episodes and it's he co-created it. But, you know, you've got the Lasser Glass that makes an appearance. You've got a lot of his frequent collaborators, collaborators appearing, you know, Robert Longstreet is in a very minor role, but it definitely shows up at some point to do like a requisite monologue, which thank you. Hmm. Don't ever stop doing that, Flanagan. Um, I love, I love a Robert Longstreet monologue. So yeah, I watched that. Um, and if you like Flanagan, stick with it. Cause it, it did take me a while to get into it longer than it usually does. Um, so, you know, and really it's also, it's for teenagers. It's not for adults. So that's also something to consider because I did also feel like there was some overlap with midnight mass in terms of like mm-hmm. confronting death and all of that stuff. So some of those same things, themes are recycled, but it's a recycled for a different, you know, target audience this time. Um, and then how many episodes is it? 10. I kind of feel like it could continue instead of just a limited series, to be honest. Mm -hmm. Um, So we'll see. We shall see. Um, And then completely switching gears, I watched The Hidden, um, the 1987 sci-fi action horror-ish movie that um, is available on VOD or on Criterion Channel. Um, And this one is uh, a cop and an FBI agent race for answers after law-abiding people suddenly become violent criminals. That's because it's extraterrestrial parasitic in nature. Um, this is <laughs> this is directed by Jack Shoulder, who probably is more well known for uh, Nightmare on Elm Street 2. Um, and it has um, Agent Dale Cooper in it. 
from Twin Peaks. Mm. So yeah, he he's uh, he kind of plays the same character in a way, but this <laughs> one he's got a little bit of a extraterrestrial bent to explain the the quirkiness. But I just really like this one. I feel like uh, hopefully it's not so hidden anymore. Waka waka, but. Um, <laughs> But yeah, it's just really if you like the action buddy cop with a sci-fi action horror twist, like it, it's just so much fun. How about you, Zena? My turn. Yeah, it's <laughs> your turn. <laughs> I was looking huh? up the what movie The Hidden, what? so I, you know, oh, the live sure show is going to be a I fun one. In my tab, so I can check it out. I haven't, you know, seen it. So okay, uh, yeah, I had a very long week and I had family visiting, so I wasn't able to um, process some things that I watched. So uh, the first movie that I checked out, um, I checked out the German horror on Netflix, Old People, twenty twenty two. A woman travels with her two kids to her sister's wedding, but finds himself defending her family against blood seeking pensioners. Um, <laughs> Guys, this movie is bloody and violent and mean. It just popped up on Netflix in the night. I didn't even, I didn't even know about <laughs> it. And what I was a just title, so too. Yeah, yeah, we have old and now we have old people. So um, <laughs> so I, 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 I don't want to be offensive, but, you know, while watching it, it kind of reminded me of George A. Romero's Night of the Living Dead. Um, because there are people who have to like barricade themselves against zombies, except these people, they have to, you know, try to get away from these old people. It's like they are just these bloodthirsty senior citizens and they're strong, <laughs> you know, they're strong together. And yeah, they're just trying to attack people. And there, it, there's a couple of messages in this movie. Um, I won't say because, you know, spoilers, but yeah, it's, it's a great horror movie. It's, it, it it went there. It went there with the with the violence, and I wasn't expecting that because you know how on Netflix they kind of play that little snippet. I was like, oh, this seems nice. So it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't. Um. So yeah. Then um, I took a little break from watching new stuff, and I checked. I rewatched uh, Ginger Snaps because you know I love a good coming to age or coming of age, you know, horror, but also like you know, Monster Girl. Okay. Yeah, it's supposed to be a song. But yeah, uh, two deaf obsessed sisters, you know, they're outcasts in their suburban neighborhood must deal with the tragic consequences when one of them is bitten by a deadly werewolf. So like I said, um, I watched this movie a lot, yeah, especially when I was like a little preteen living my best life, going to the video store with my bestie. But yeah, um, it was always my turn. And that's why we're not friends anymore, because she wanted to go. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. She didn't. Okay. Anyway, um, yeah, Rabbit Hole. Yeah, this movie's <laughs> a lot of fun. It fits the, you know, the spooky season. Plus, if you love werewolves, you should definitely check it out. Um, it's available almost like everywhere, like Tubi, Voodoo. I watched it on Prime Video. Um, and again, like I said, I've been watching a lot of new and old movies, just movies I haven't seen before. And I, I mean, I'm pretty sure this happens to you guys when you, you kind of get a little overloaded, you know, and your brain needs some time. Yeah. So, yeah, this this was a, a, a very much needed palate cleanse for me. Awesome. Nice. All right. Before we move on, what did we watch and how did we watch it? I well, I watched Hellraiser, Deadstream and Smile. I uh, loved them all. And I watched Fresh, 2022's Fresh on Hulu, and 2022's Sissy on Shudder. I watched The Midnight Club on Netflix and The Hidden, which you can find on Criterion Channel or on VOD. 
I checked out old people on Netflix. I'm oh, sorry, that sounds weird. You checked them out. <laughs> You're checking out old people, huh? Checking them out. And then I also checked out Ginger Snaps on Prime Video, but it's literally like everywhere. All right. Before we move on to homework, because I think I do need homework. I feel like the big ones that I wanted to watch, I watched all last week. And now I'm just going to fall back into a routine. Uh, but before we get to that, live show is officially happening next week. Dun, dun, October dun. 17th, 2022. It will be appearing on Bloody Disgusting's YouTube channel. We will post the link and everything like this week to let people know. But it will be on Monday. And it will be starting at 6.30 p.m. Central Standard Time. That's normally when we record. So, hey, you know a little bit more about us. We will be recording it. It will be available to watch later if you can't watch it live. We will also be recording it for the podcast so you can see what we all look like with our headphones on and everything. And that, so it will appear on the feed. Keep in mind, what you all don't see is how many mistakes <laughs> we regularly make during this that get clean up and editing. So if the live feed is an hour long, the podcast might be about 35 minutes. <laughs> so if you want to see why, <laughs> go ahead and check us out on YouTube. Uh, you can see how many times I mess up the same thing that I've said over a hundred times before. Uh, but that's happening next week, next Monday. We will keep you posted on social medias. Now that you both have plenty of time, Megan, what am I watching next week? I feel like I'm going to... Okay. And this is for the live show, so it's got to be a good one. Oh, fuck. Um, oh. <laughs> I'm not prepared for that. I'm sorry. What was that sound, John? <laughs> oh. <laughs> what? Wasn't anything weird? <laughs> Puberty, John. Uh, that's the next thing on the live. You got to go through the uh, three different personas. Rattle them all off. Rattle them all off. And... Just see the shame in my eyes as <laughs> I do it. Okay. So I didn't plan this for live. I planned this just as part of your weekly homework. And it's kind of a twofer, like a one plus an oh. optional bonus assignment. So Ooh. Messiah of Evil on mm. Paramount Plus. Um, that's for you. And the optional is if you need to watch a seasonal movie with your daughter, also on Paramount Plus, Monster High the movie. Ooh. Oh. Let's, oh, maybe we'll do a movie night on Friday. Yeah. I was thinking about letting the kids finally watch Killer Clowns from Outer Space, but I think I could probably talk her into that. What was it called again? It's Monster High the movie. So both and of them are on? on Paramount Plus. Okay. Okay. And Xena. Um, okay. Have you seen The Convent? Uh, nope. Haven't seen it. Okay. It is on Shutter. All right. The Convent. You've worked hard for what you have. Your money, your assets, your 401k, and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. All right, enough about what we've been watching this week. It's time for Megan to bring us up to speed on the news and trending topics in the world of horror. So what's going on, Megan? Uh, John already touched on this a little bit earlier, but we got to talk about 
the insanity that is Terrifier 2. Uh, Cinedai and Bloody Disgusting and Screambox's release of Terrifier 2 in theaters this weekend was pretty unprecedented, would you think about it? Um, so Terrifier 2 is an uncut, uncut... It, the, well, the the theatrical, I guess there is no other release. Um, but yeah, so Terrifier 2 unleashed an uncut, uncompromised, 138-minute-long ultra slasher to nearly 900 movie theaters across the country with drive-ins also playing the film throughout October. So, like, that's a really long, lengthy, gory, gory yeah. movie that uh, released in theaters. And it's also unprecedented that it's, like, super independent made um, and pretty much entirely fan-driven as far as, like, its audience, its fan base, its word of mouth that caused this to to be such a a hit. That basically Mm -hmm. caused Terrifier 2 to happen in the first place. So, you know, what makes it even wilder is that it's earned an estimated $1.2 million in its brisk theatrical run like through Sunday um, to the point where it's like, hey, you could probably keep this theatrical release going. So, yeah. And as John mentioned, if if that wasn't wild enough, uh, there were a lot of tweets flooding social media this weekend from people reporting lots of fainting and vomiting at these screenings. Um, So, yeah, it is. If you thought that Terrifier 2 getting released in theaters meant that it was going to be toned down as far as the gore, it's not. It's full two and a half hours of lots of gory mayhem. I saw an article. I can't remember what the website was. It was some horror-based website. Uh, they were calling Terrifier 2 the return of unsafe horror. Mm. That sounds spicy. I know. Yeah. I like I like that. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm, but it is, it, is, it is very, very, very gory. So I feel like the theater would probably be a really fun time to see it with like a bunch of like-minded people. Um, I kind of don't think that people who don't know what they're getting into are going to be going to this particular screening because it's called Terrifier 2, but I don't know. I don't know. I am curious. That's why the reactions really caught me off guard. Like, who's going to Terrifier 2 <laughs> not kind of expecting something messed yeah, up? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It does have some really cool poster images. I mean, like, that. I think it's Creepy Duck Arts uh, did the poster Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it is pretty eye catching. I don't know. Yeah. Could could you be and sold on a poster season. alone? Uh, yeah, I don't know. Um and also as a quick aside, Bloody Disgusting also has a new store on the website. So if you ever wanted uh, you know, Bloody Disgusting beanie or t shirts and whatnot, hey, you can finally purchase them. Yay. Uh speaking of finally, uh Five Nights at Freddy's, it's finally happening it's finally going to start production um blumhouse and five nights at freddy's uh creator scott cawthorn had been developing a film adaptation of the games for a long while now uh producer jason blum has pretty much been chronicling its long road to production progress obstacles all of the above um along the way i even remember being at a screening of uh halloween in 2018 where this got brought up then where it's like where is it we want it um, so guess what? If you are one of them screaming for it, it is finally going to be coming to life soon. Um, Blum tweeted last week that not only will Five Nights at Freddy's begin pro- production early next year in February 2023, but the wind director Emma Tammy is on board to helm the feature. 
The producer also confirmed that Jim Henson's Creature Shop is hard at work at the monstrous animatronics. So, hey, it's finally happening. Um, A film adaptation of uh, Five Nights at Freddy's has been trying to get off the ground since 2015 uh, when Warner Brothers was once attached. They had acquired rights initially. Um, And if you don't know, it's a horror video game series in which you must survive the Five Nights at Freddy Fazbear's Pizza from the dangers of the animatronic characters who come to life. You play as a security guard. Um, What a terrible place. And really, is it a red flag if... uh, if, if, like, a Chuck E. Cheese type place has security at night, it's yeah. not a good sign. It's not a good, right? So maybe that's not a job you want. If there's Especially night Especially when you're just supposed to sit in the office and watch the video cameras. Yeah. Like, what's what's happening? What kind of job is this? Because our <laughs> kids, are kids sneaking in at night? What what that's creepy in it itself. So I don't know. You've got some explaining to do, job ad. Um, and then also need some explaining. I'm really killing the segues today. Uh, so good. So proud of you. Yeah. Thank you. (laughs) To get get gold star for me. Uh, universal is reimagining fear. If you are (laughs) like, what's fear? I bet you didn't have this oh, on your bingo God, I card. Oh, old now. I saw that in the theaters. Oh, wow. actually, because, like, fear, I just meant fear is a very generic name. Like, what what could possibly they be reimagining? I oh. am talking about the 1996 thriller that starred Mark Wahlberg and Reese Witherspoon. They're, they're going to reimagine that for an upcoming Peacock series, which is kind of mm. odd because it seems so lean. Um, in the James Foley-directed film, Mark Wahlberg played David, an initially charming young man whose extreme dark side soon rears its <laughs> ugly head. Uh, the series adaptation of the 90s thriller comes courtesy of the path creator Jessica Goldberg, along with Imagine Television and Universal TV. Here's where it gets really interesting, though, I think. Um, the modern series reinvention finds two young lovers in a psychological game of cat and mouse. But who's the cat and who's the mouse? When David and Nicole first meet in Seattle, it feels like an epic once-in-a-lifetime romance, but soon it becomes clear the seemingly perfect couple is anything but. Told from conflicting points of view, the series wrestles with personal demons, hidden agendas, and reframes the he-said-she-said conversation into a twist-filled suspense story about toxic relationships. It was very one-sided in the original Uh movie. Mm -hmm. There was no question about cat and mouse. So that's super uh, curious to me. Yeah, especially, well, I guess it kind of makes sense because just the general concept of what fear was when it was released in 96, it felt, it was kind of shocking to watch. Like there wasn't a lot of movies like that, but there's been so much since then about this concept of this seemingly perfect guy who's insanely dark and I guess having to twist it a little bit with the cat and mouse aspect. But I thought you was kind of like that, isn't it? A little bit. But I kind of like where, where the, like the direction that they're going in because, you know, Nicole in the original one, she was not that innocent. And it's like, girl, the red flags were right there. But she <laughs> yeah. just kept on going He's a bad back. boy. Like, you know, and then on top of that, he, yes, he did seem like a nice guy at first, you know, but whatever. That's a rabbit hole. We should do a bonus episode. I have stuff to say. Nicole was just ungrateful. <laughs> like, I think David was crazy, but, you know, I, I just, I never liked her ever since I, I first saw the movie. <laughs> you know, as as probably watching it then, I didn't notice until watching it more recently, 
I think I might have watched it last year for the first time in a long time, mm. and I was highly annoyed with her for her slut She's shaming. Whiny and she was, oh. she was so mean to her friend uh, Alyssa Milano's character. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's right. I forgot Alyssa Milano. Like I have not seen it since I saw it in yeah, the theaters. Same. Yeah, same. Oh, well, I don't think I saw it in theaters. I'm pretty sure I saw it like rented. Excuse me, I rented it. But. Same. Uh, but yeah, so I had forgotten and then I watched it, you know, like a year ago and I'm like, wow, she's yeah. not nice. She's not nice. She's not. Neither is he. Ho- Nobody deserves that, but still. Like the soundtrack though, slaps. So I'm just hoping that, you know, they do <laughs> a good the job. Soundtrack. Yeah. yeah. I do remember that being a good soundtrack. Mm-hmm. All right, listeners, your turn. Does a chance of seeing someone vomit and faint in a theater make you want to go more or less? <laughs> That's a good question. Did you like Five Nights at Freddy the first time you saw it when it was called Willy's Wonderland? Yeah. You can call our Texas at 224-475-1044. so spicy. <laughs> the number is also in the show notes, or feel free to email us at bdisgustingpodcast at gmail.com. Nicholas Cage or no one. That's all I'm saying. If Nicholas Cage is in it, I don't want it. Dude. Finally, yeah. Zena's going to make all our lives easier in the sea of horror movie options and clue us in on what's appearing soon that we should be watching. So I know it's a slow month, Zena, but there's something people got to watch, right? <laughs> this slow month. Well, this uh, this week is a little bit light compared to these last couple of weeks. Um, but first, you know, Bloody Disgusting TV is available for you and your eyeballs as well as Screenbox, just in case if you're like, oh, I do what I want. All right. So on Thursday, the 13th, Dark Glasses <laughs> will be hitting Shudder. If you missed it on the first because Shudder, they did have like a secret screening where they showed the movie on Shudder TV. So now you have a chance to check it out again. Again, Diana, a prostitute who was blinded by a serial killer in a botched attack, takes in a young boy and abruptly altering both of their lives forever. Then we have uh, the psychological horror comedy drama, She Will. This one will be hitting Shudder. And I believe like a couple of weeks ago, I think I told you guys that it was hitting BOD. An aging film star retreats to her Scottish countryside with her nurse to recover from surgery. While there, mysterious forces of revenge emerge from the land where witches were born. I said born, burned. Those witches. (laughs) Now those witches. (laughs) We love them. Then we have on the 14th, on Friday, we have Halloween Ends. It will be available in theaters as well as Peacock. Lori Strode is tired, guys. She's tired of this. So if you want to see, check it out. Then we have Piggy. Piggy will be hitting VOD, and it's based on the short film of the same name, which I think it's still on YouTube. And I think earlier this year, Megan spoke about this movie. Megan loved it. They did like it, yeah. An overweight teen is bullied by a clique of cool girls poolside while holidaying in, holidaying in her village. The long walk home will change the rest of her life. Then we have on, this is still Friday, The Curse of Bridge Hollow. It will be hidden Netflix, a teenage girl who accidentally releases an ancient mischievous spirit on Halloween, which causes decorations to come alive, must team up with the last person she'd want to, um, she want an She'd want to help her save the town, and that's her father. It's like, girl, it is not that bad. At least you have somebody. So then we have The Accursed. The Accursed would be on VOD. And there's another movie that came out last year with the same title, but this is the 22 version. Ellie is asked by a family friend to look after an elderly woman living in a remote cabin for a few days. She agrees, but soon discovers there's a demon hiding in the woman waiting to break free. Like, can you imagine? Get in your car and go. Like, what's happening? (laughs) Next, we have Bitch Ass. 
What a fun name. This, this title is wonderful. A king <laughs> initiation goes wrong when a group of four recruits break into a house of horror as they're all forced to play these deadly games for their lives. Win and you live, lose and you die. Tony Todd is in this one. I love then the also- energy. <laughs> We got to keep going. It's for the people. <laughs> then we have on, on Tuesday, the 18th, The Loneliest Boy in the World will be available on VOD. And I'll keep this one simple because I'm really looking forward to it. This one is said to be a modern day fairy tale, but with zombies. We're coming down to our last few, and these movies will be available on DVD. We previously spoke about them, so I won't go into detail. So first up, the black comedy slasher, Bodies, 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 hitting DVD. The thriller, Survival Fall, hitting DVD. The psychological horror thriller, Orphan First Kills, hitting DVD. Yippee! And then, just in case if you missed it, Terrified 2 is still in theaters. Hellraiser is on Hulu. Live your life. And then I didn't talk about this one, but Werewolf by Knife, it is... I said by knife. By night, it is available on <laughs> Disney+. Plus. I That's want that one, cool too. Title. Yeah, give me both. So there you go, guys. You have options, and we love it. And that's the Bloody Disgusting podcast for this week, everyone. If you'd like to read more from Megan, you can check out her reviews at bloodydisgusting.com and on Twitter at HauntedMeg. Xena can be found on her own website, realqueenofhorror.com, and the YouTube channel of the same name, or at LovelyZena on Twitter. And you can hear me on my weekly horror narration podcast, Creepy. We're currently in our 31 days of horror. That's 31 straight days of horror stories. Two stories each day over 16 hours in October alone. You're doing You tired yet? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I've been tired since, like, early September. All right. Don't forget to hit subscribe on your favorite podcast app. And feel free to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at BeDisgustingPod or drop us an email at BeDisgustingPodcast at gmail.com. And don't forget our live show is next week, 6.30 p.m. Central Standard Time on the Bloody Disgusting YouTube channel. Yay. So for this week, I'm John. I'm Megan. I'm Zena. Grab some popcorn, cozy up on the couch, and watch something you love. Just make sure it's something bloody. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.